on the Articulture Podcast. Welcome back, you crazy mother friends. How you doing, Max? Yeah, good, you? Yeah, you? <laughs> oh, it's so weird. <laughs> Just me and you? Yeah. I don't think we've ever had a loan time like this. What is that? <laughs> I've got a bit of a tickly throat today, everyone, so if it sounds a bit dry... Just know I've got remedy in front of me. Are you just necking that? Um, yeah, um, it says a teaspoon or a tablespoon. One so of naturally, those, you just send the whole thing. One of those spoons. So yeah, I just kind of hit it as a shot. Right. Because roughly one shot in my mouth is about a tablespoon. Joss, could you check that oh. tablespoon? <laughs> what do you want me to check? Can you can you just do the do the arithmetic? Uh, yep, checks out. Okay. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Fair play. This this um. This has actually got ethanol in it. I read really? It. Yeah, it's got a little bit of ethanol. Not enough to kill me, but just enough to tickle the throat. There we go. <laughs> yeah, it's actually the first time I've ever taken cough syrup, and it's the weirdest shit I've ever put in my mouth. Mate, cough syrup. a lot of shit in my mouth. That's Killed. getting clipped. Yep. Uh, cough syrup is actually very, very, very tasty. It is. I used to really like it. It was probably my favorite medicine as a kid. Oh, cowpole was mine. Yeah, that. Joss, what was yours? Also, definitely cowpole. Yeah, to cowpole be fair. is cowpole was top tier. Yeah, hundred percent top tier. Cough syrup, though. What was your favourite flavour? Oh, I can't. I can't remember. I just remember it tasting amazing. Yeah, I remember getting a cough and being like, "Oh, fuck, I've got a cough." This is honey and lemon. No, nah, mine was like blackcurrant or something. Oh, it was weird. They did have cherry, but cherry, I'm not a massive fan of. Cherry just reminds me of like cleaning products. Yeah, so I'm not. It's into never drinking like it. true cherry, is it? No. It's just some weird like. I, I'm, I don't want to put that in my mouth. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, so yeah, this is this is where I'm at. It's it's because we've had a bit of a COVID scare in the office, hence why there's only three of us on this podcast. Because Ben uh, tested positive for COVID. We've all tested and we're all fine. It's 2022. Who's still getting COVID? Grow up, Ben Lawton. Ben Lawton finally got it, and he's like, "Yeah, finally, lads, we've landed. The eagle has landed." He's waited a long time. Yes, and it's not even cool anymore. Like, what's the what's the actual <laughs> point of getting it? Um, I think it's because it's off the back of his stag do, which we're not going to address too much of today, much of, because he's not here. And it's only fair that we talk about the stag do with him mm, present. I think so. Um, Joss, how are you feeling today, mate? I'm feeling good. It, we had a busy week last week. We, um, we'll talk about it more in depth. Um, we had a shoot with National Trust and then Dan and I got back and it was straight into B. Lortz's stag do. So... Just fucking getting back into it, really. Getting back into the gym, which I hadn't been to the gym until today for nearly nearly two weeks. So that, that felt a bit gross. But apart from that, I'm all good. Getting Just back into the gym, eh? Getting back into the gym. Getting nice. back into everything, mate. Back Get, into the office. You're getting in, getting in a finer shape, ready for Greece. That's for the wedding. I am. I bulked up a bit, oh and now God. I'm cutting pretty extremely. Or what, Ben's wedding. What was your strategy to, to bulking up a little bit? Just eating everything that I can see, mate. Yeah. <laughs> now, to be fair, I, I think I had a relatively clean bulk, but just like a lot of carbs, rice, stuff like that. You nice. know, not being an idiot and just actually eating everything I can see. Fair enough. Max, you're looking good today. This hair of yours is looking really nice. It's actually, long, isn't it? I noticed it earlier. It looks really wavy. No, I don't it's a lot, like it. Is it a lot longer than normal? Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah, I've, I've, I've waited a little bit longer this time just cause, because, as Josh said, we were away last week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it should be gone by now, but it's not. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're 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 kind of going with it. It's going to go soon. It's just when I can fit a haircut in. But nice. I too um, have been on a health grind similar to Joss, although doing it the complete opposite way to Joss and just getting fat. Um, Same. But now realised how fat I am. So now we're on hard cut, just like Joss. Hard although cut. to be fair, I feel like you're right because you, as a vegan, it, it must be relatively hard to eat a lot of shit. Um, or am I completely off? Chips nah. are vegan. No, I completely, ah. I completely get why. I completely get why a lot of people think that. But it is, I think Dan, obviously being another vegan, can vouch me that it's. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say Dan <laughs> being fat. <laughs> <laughs> no, um. It, you can definitely be a very, very unhealthy vegan. There's so many different vegan things out there now, and you can just eat so much bread, potatoes, you, you know, mm. and just not work out. You can very easily be unhealthy. Starchy. Patatas bravas. Exactly, patatas bravas. Spanish potatoes. Lovely. Amazing. Have you been to CrossFit since coming back? CrossFit today, mate. Oh, how was that? Oh, it's so good to be back. Although... So CrossFit starts at half six. It's about a 15-minute drive away from where I live. I usually get up at quarter to six. Gross. 5.45. Wake up. I'm like, yep, up, ready. Let the dog out for a little wee-wee. Go and sort myself out, get changed, hit the road, get there early. Today, woke up at quarter to six, uh, snoozed the alarm. Well, actually, I turned the alarm off thinking I reset the alarm for five to. No, it woke me up at 613 I got up, brushed my teeth in, in a record timing, got changed, and I got there just in time. Wow. It was I was, it was just heroic. That's good effort. Yeah, I, there was honestly like a cloud of smoke behind me. I had my cape on. It was awesome. I did that, to be fair. I woke up at like, I've been getting into a routine. So normally I try and train three or four days a week. Um, and when I go to the gym, similar to you, I'll go at like half six, seven o'clock in the morning. I'll, 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 I'll leave the house at about 20 to seven to get to the gym and get changed so i'm training by seven um and today i just woke up and bless Kara. she's been coming with me in the mornings as well uh starting her her gym grind um so now every morning not only do i have to convince myself at six o'clock in the morning to get out of bed and go and get ready but i also have to convince Karis, who's lying next to me who is like completely out of it just like fully asleep um and then when she does wake up is often a fuck off or something yeah. um which makes it even more difficult but today managed to do it so hopefully we're on a roll three day streak so far and usually i have a rest day in between a session so hopefully you can keep it going there we go you were in on uh friday monday on your own yeah how was that lonely yeah yeah i've never seen i've never ever associated this office with quiet or dull yeah it's never it's very very rarely quiet um and there was just nothing going on i was just sat there i was like look like normally you'd be in an edit and then you have those sort of breathers in like a long stint of editing where you you know you you zone out for a bit and you're like okay what's been going on in the real world for the past hour and i'd like take my headphones off sort of sit back in my chair and be like oh there's no one here yeah um so that was weird i'd find myself doing laps of the office i'd be like i need to go and clean something in the kit room i'd go into the kit room and be like it's all clean yeah it's fine just fucking go and sit down dickhead jeez um but yeah, no, I missed you boys. It's nice to have you back. Nice. And that was off the back of a shoot that we did last week, Joss, wasn't it? Tell me about that shoot, Joss. Yes, it was, Dan. I will tell you about that shoot now. <laughs> Proper news report star. I even nodded at the camera to finish that off. Nice. Um, yeah, so we had a shoot with National Trust. I always have to 
think before I say that because they used to be the National Trust, didn't they? But now it's just National Trust. Nice, Joss. Thank you. There we go. Brand, Brand guidelines. Um, yeah, so we it's an internal film for their volunteers and some of their staff. Called, can we say what it's called? Yeah. Should we go into that? It's called The Part You Play. And it's essentially just showing the effect and not responsibility, but I guess, yeah, just the effect and impact that um, people who work for the National Trust have on people and their lives. And we were given a really lovely script that we then had to go out and storyboard, shot list, and then shoot over three locations up near Wrexham and just south of Manchester. So, yeah, it was a, a really fun project, and it's always nice to have those those types of projects where you get to think about it a little bit more, you get to be a bit more careful, considerate, and actually, yeah, storyboard, because it's not something we do too often, I guess you could say. But, yeah. Agreed. Um, Max, this is one of your first NT jobs that we've done, right? This is, first, uh, yeah. this is my first, first NT job. Yeah. And it was also probably one of the first jobs that we've like been out of like out in the field actually filming. I, I mean, we had EDP, wasn't it? The yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Firm, this but... is yeah. EDP was a little bit smaller. I this think. is this more was... story led yeah. filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it though. I think it it makes such a massive difference when you have so much pre production mm-hmm. to go off. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I can speak for Joss, but I'm pretty sure like it just made our lives a lot easier, yeah. especially when we were, out, sure. when we were out shooting. Especially because obviously you were doing voiceovers mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So it just, yeah, made everything so much easier. Yeah. Um, so when we were on the shoot, we kind of, we, we've had it before, and I don't know if we spoke about it on the podcast, but we've, we always try and have like, everyone's kind of got a natural kind of job role or responsibilities and accountability to the team on what they do. Um, and on this shoot, it was a free man shoot. I was kind of taking the more kind of producer role and looking after the client and making sure that we were hitting all the notes in the storyboard because I'd done that previously. Uh, Joss is directing the kind of shoot and then Max is the DOP, um, which is a little bit different because the shoots that we've done previously, I've been the director, you've still been the DOP, Max, and then Joss has kind of been the camera op who then mm. lines up the shot and makes sure it looks great on camera. Um, how was that taking over the reins on the camera this time and actually being the person manning that? Um I found it easier mm-hmm. only because I it's what I'm used to. Yeah. I've always been on camera. I know what shot I need to get and I know to I just do it. Mm-hmm. Um it was a real learning curve the first time I like properly, you know, had sort of Joss on camera and, and I was um like sort of more traditional DPing because it's it I find it quite hard to communicate what's in my head sometimes. Um which I'm sure a lot of people can can agree with, but um yeah it was really good it was really really good and you know when excuse me when um Joss and I were left to it and we we had some setups it was I think we've been working long enough together now where it's like I can leave Joss to to set up a shot and and do sort of talk to the really just direct like take control and actually like direct a situation Mm -hmm. it means that we just work quite well together Joss, how about for you? You um, so you were directing a lot of the shots um, and also kind of making sure that the people were doing the right stuff on camera, uh, which is a little bit difficult when you've got uh, maybe at times four people who were over sixty-five to seventy plus uh, <laughs> with a range of different um, uh, accessibility uh, requirements. Yes. Uh, there was one chap who was on 
who's in a motorized scooter, uh, who I remember vividly at one point, we all said, okay, just wait there five seconds. You know, we're going to tell you when to go. And as soon as you said that, he just blitzed off into the, into the clouds. Full belt turbo. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, how was that for you? Um, I guess to, yeah, to echo what Max said, I've, I've always been on camera. Um, and it, I guess it's similar to what, yeah, to what Max said, like, it's sometimes it's hard to explain creative things anyway, but especially I think camera movements or composition or things like that, it can be hard to explain. So it's hard to get across what you want. Um, but that's, you know, something I I try to take in my stride. And then, like you said, managing people of varying ages who don't necessarily understand. They've never been on camera before. They don't understand what it's like and what they need to do. They don't understand that they need to wait for action like with that that older man you know literally lined it up and he just went before max had even got the camera ready you know but that's that's because he was he's of the older generation and he doesn't really understand that so it's just um i think that's something that i've got better at maybe over the six the last six months especially with working with clients we've now got on retainer as well i feel like i've got a lot better at working with people and that is probably the biggest skill when it comes to directing Mm -hmm. you can know technical stuff you know uh, you can know as much technical stuff as you as you want but if you can't manage people and explain your expectations what you want from a person it's really hard um and don't get me wrong like i'm not saying i smash this one either but there's there's always room to improve and i think there's you know stuff yeah definitely stuff to improve when it comes to the next job but it was it was definitely a good job and i think nt jobs are always fun they're such a fun client for us to have yeah um and to work with but it's um yeah i think it went really well i think from this is just something i learn every single time that we do a shoot it's always like every time we do a shoot i feel like next time i need to be a little bit more kind of assertive and like strong in what i want to do like Mm. if i want you to walk to that red line and i want you to finish that i have to tell you straight walk to that red line and finish there whereas sometimes i'm like okay if you can just walk ahead and then i'll tell you when to stop in their head, they they are still kind of thinking, all right, is this far enough? Is this too far? Is this mm. not far? So, yeah, like on reflection, I think this is a like a tip. I don't know, is it a tip? Who am I to give tips? But just like just be assertive and be confident in whatever 100%. you say. Like you Literally. have to, if if they know, if they can see that you know what you're on about and you're confident in what you're saying and the conviction of it, they're going to believe in you way more than any anyone else. Yeah. So like. As much as being like a wanky director, you have to just take on that directory role and be like, "Yep, this is what I want you to do, and this is how you're doing it." Um, so yeah, it's a tricky one, but 100. percent I think Definitely. there's like, especially if they're not actors, like if, yeah. the, if the subjects that you have in front of you or in your film aren't actors, by that's not what they do, then they need that direction. Yeah, because if you put a camera in, my, I've worked with cameras for a very long time, well, not a very long time, but like a long, a longer time than most people now. Mm-hmm. You chuck a camera in my face. I'm still going to ask you. Oh, what do you want me to do? Yeah, because I haven't got a clue. Because I'm not an actor. Yeah. Um. So yeah, especially. I mean, we kind of had a work cut out for us from the start because we're dealing with people that may never have ever been on camera before, and are, are like just members of the general public, really. Um. So for for us to go there with you know all the kit and which is obviously necessary because we needed it to get the shots and stuff like that, but. I would imagine having that in your face with on set with quite a few people and people from the company that you work for and then being told what to do. It can, I'm sure it must have been quite daunting at times for them. Yeah, yeah, massively. Um, 
something that I've I've just thought about, and I'm, I'm still not kind of over, is the fact that we saw Paddy the Baddie <laughs> just cruise past us. That was a weird situation. But to top that as well, Joss and I were in Dublin Airport getting ready to come home, and we saw him again. We've literally seen maybe one of the most famous UFC fighters of this modern day right now, twice in a week, and over two weird. different parts. Of the, well, in two different countries, Ireland and Wales. <laughs> literally, what and, the hell? And about. A week and a half, two weeks after he won like a massive yeah. fight, yeah. like he's probably right now more famous. Well, he's at the peak at, so far. He's at the peak of his career. Yeah, he's never been more famous. You know, wasn't it's it like mental. a couple of days after that fight that we saw him at first? Yeah, so yeah. he fought on the Saturday, wasn't it? And we were there filming on the Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> he was just there with his girlfriend, just walked past us. We so to, to put context to it, we were stood outside Church Castle, outside the entrances, big castle. And we were just waiting for the bus or something like that, a mm. minibus. Um, there was not many people around. It was just us three, the client, and maybe another person. And out of nowhere, Paddy the baddie with his girlfriend or wife and their fat, massive dog. It wasn't fat, just massive. Massive. Just cruises in front of us, weren't they? And he was just on his phone. And I think all of us kind of stood there silently like, wait a minute. Is that who we think it is? But we were all thinking it in our heads, but no one said anything until he left. Yeah. yeah. There was a moment where, like, the client was walking over to us, and I saw the left. I saw the left hand side of his face. I was like, "Oh, I recognise that guy." And then he looked at me, and I saw I sussed it was him. And you could see the client walking over to us on our left hand side. I remember looking at Joss, and Joss was looking at Dan, and Dan was looking at me, and then Joss looked at me, and then Dan looked at Joss, and we were all like, "Holy fuck, that's Paddy the Paddy!" Like, what? But no one said anything. And then the bus driver, like, it all went a bit quiet, and we just carried on with the shoot. And the bus driver came over and just. I don't know if you clocked, just casually as anything, was like, oh, that's Paddy the... Like, that's Paddy uh, UFC fighter. I was like... Everyone was like, I fucking knew it was him! Yeah. What? It, it was crazy. It's, I think one of the main things as well, like, he... I mean, you can tell this from videos that you see of him. He's He is just like an ordinary guy. Mm. He's not like a Conor McGregor and he comes in like all bullshit and he's a big character. He just seems like a very down-to-earth guy, which made it even more confusing that it was just there he was just wearing a tracksuit wasn't he like he yeah, just looked like yeah. a just a bloke yeah yeah exactly it was so weird and then when we were in dublin airport a couple of days ago we were just walking through and then we got well, did we went upstairs or something like that didn't we joss and i looked down yeah. and i was like that's the fucking that's that there same again. guy again yeah and he was and again it, just wearing like a tracksuit he was just in a queue to get some food and the queue was massive and i thought i thought when i was walking by there's no chance i'm waiting in that queue but he's waiting in that queue. <laughs> you need to humble yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, waiting in no queue. Um, <laughs> Do you yeah, know I am? Yeah. So weird. Such a weird experience to just see someone that famous. Who's the most famous person you've kind of brushed shoulders with, would you say? Uh, Joanna Lumley on that GWR shoot. Joe Lums. Nice. Joe Lums. I honestly don't know. I really don't know. Uh, probably in terms of relevancy, like current relevancy, probably Paddy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I went on his Instagram afterwards, and he's got like millions of followers. Wow, like a lot of people know him. That's and he's cool. everywhere at the moment, isn't he? Like every other meme is Paddy. Yeah, true. I once, I was once in London with my dad in horse guards, and we saw Boris Johnson. But this is like, wait, this was before he was prime minister. That was pretty nice. I shook his hand in primary school. Did you? Yeah, when he was mayor of Bojo Henley, I'd imagine. Wow, didn't know who he was. Just some bloke in a suit came into school. Shook my hand. I was like, all right, mate. That's pretty mad. Nice one. Don't don't fuck me over on tax in the future. He's and like, shut up, Max. Yeah. You'll learn, boy. <laughs> You'll learn. Um, I'm so, yeah. After you. Hopefully, the NT film, though, will be, well, it'll be signed off soon. 
you did the edit over two days, mm-hmm. smashed the edit out whilst we were away, came back, sent it off. They've come back today saying they really love it. It's going to get some final comments together. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully that'll be a quick wrap on that job. But um, good work, yeah. team. Thank you. Thank you. Well done. There we go. Um, next topic, Joss. Do you have any topics? I've got more if you want to fl- if I f- fly with them. Go on, Dan. Hit us like with a bird. One, I'm like a bird. Go on. Go on. You've um, got a lot of topics there. Uh, oh, my God. I'm just going to look and watching and scroll through these saw, notes. Saw on the news earlier that um, a woman has given birth in a Brazilian stadium. Uh, <laughs> that sounds uncomfortable. To the song Enter Sandman by Metallica. She gave birth to a song. Metallica was singing in a Brazilian stadium. Singing? They're all just on stage singing. Yeah. Oh, it was at a Metallica concert. Yeah, Metallica concert. That took bloody ages, didn't it? <laughs> Metallica performing in Brazil at a stadium. Lady gives birth to the song Enter Sandman. Uh, off the top of your head, have you got any songs that would be kind of trivial to give <laughs> birth to? I've got a few. Uh, Michael Bublé, just ha- I haven't just met you yet. <laughs> just how-, <laughs> how can I not speak right now? I just haven't met you yet. Uh, by by the nice, boobs. Romantic. That'd be good. Um, I Want to Break Free by Queen. But- <laughs> nice. Nice. And my final one, Under Pressure by David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did David Bowie sing that song, Joss? Under Pressure? Uh, was that another? No, that, that's what, Queen. Queen did that. I think they did it originally. Let did me check. Um, Max, have you got a song <laughs> that you want uh, to give birth to? <laughs> I want to give birth yeah. to. Um, I reckon God is a Woman by Ariana Grande. Nice. Or nice. just because, just you know, why power. not? Yeah, yeah, Power, Sass. Or the new Drake song. Who? The new Drake song. The Drake. one that's you know, the oh, one that's that's on the radio. radio. That's Summer Jam, my favourite song right now. I'll come out just bopping. Have you, has anyone seen Greg Wallace recently? <laughs> Mate, he's shredded. Have you Isn't seen him, Max? Greg Wallace. Who? Wow. Wow. That's what? Greg, right? No, that's Owen Wilson. I was going to say. Wow. Greg Wallace is the one from MasterChef. Yeah, no, Greg Wallace says that when he's in the, um, oh. when he's looking at the massive toilet roll. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> is he quoting wow. the meme from Owen Wilson? No, he's equally uh, as important to I, say Dan, something like I, rec- I reckon you've got a better Greg Wallace impression in the locker. Wow. I, I don't. Come on. I, no, I honestly can't. I can't. You got to like bring your like. jaw forward. It's like wow, wow. Yeah, there you go. Wow. Uh, no, I can't. <laughs> he's a proper like Cockney though, isn't he? Yeah, he's a proper Cockney. Uh, no, I can't think of anything. Sorry, Josh. All right, fair enough. Uh, that was one topic. The other topic I had was um, uh, next week. I'm going to Boardmasters Festival. We. <laughs> well, let's get sound effects on that, shall we? Let's let's see what we got. Yay! Yay. Nice. Nice. We're getting good at these. It could be either of those, depending on the weather. (laughs) Yeah. If the weather is shite, I do not want to be in a tent at a festival. It's near the sea, isn't it? It's It's like a surf festival as well. It's on Fistral. It's in Fistral Beach in Newquay. So, yeah. uh, Apparently, when it rains down there, it pours. Yeah. I've heard and that it's too. Hello, windy. Have you? Are you intending or planning on doing any surfing? Can you go in the sea there? Uh, I don't know how it works. Yeah, I think so. It's a surf festival, so they got all the pros there, um, and I think they must be doing lessons and stuff for some people who want to join in. Probably won't need lessons. Probably just go straight in the waves. Nice body surf, if yeah. anything. Um, yeah, I love it. Well, I love the surfing bit. Uh, but yeah, gonna go down, film some stuff. Idols are playing, which would be pretty cool. Josh, sick. Very uh, and that, George mate. Ezra is headlining. Thoughts on George Ezra, please. Uh, Come on, Josh. I don't think I've listened to him since about 
2015. But since he was riding shotgun, yeah, there you go. I hot take cannot stand that song. It's I, just it was in my head for so long. I never like. I didn't really listen to it. Just that chorus. I heard it on the radio once, and it was just in my head for years. That's the hot take on that song, but what about George Ezra Max? Uh, personally, not a massive fan. I understand the appeal. I don't mind him, but I don't listen to him. I feel like a lot of people have that uh, kind of th- thought on him. He's kind of like, meh. Meh. I think maybe he's not as cool anymore because Sam Fender is cooler. Sam Fender is the new George Ezra. Exactly. Maybe. Joss? Uh, yeah, I think we're Back all that. in this office. We're big fans of Sam Fender. We are. Yeah. Sam Fender. man. Man like. Um, what about Sam Fender? I think Sam Fender had the biggest rise after he went on TV drunk. He went on TV drunk? I'm so I'm out of the loop, sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I think I have seen that. that. He went on the news. Yeah, I'd never really listened to him before that. Saw him do that and I was like, what a legend. And then listened to his music. If you're listening to this podcast and you also think that's true, <clears throat> let me know. I'm <laughs> going to take some cough syrup. Now. I thought you were going to say, if you're listening to this and you're Sam Fender, oh, then get in touch. Imagine yeah. that. What a guest. I would listen to a Sam Fender song when giving Sam birth. <laughs> nice. Um, what, Max, have you got any topics you want to talk about? Big uh, that tastes like primary school. Well, I want... <laughs> what is the difference, do you think, what is going to be the big... Or do you think there'll be a big difference between NAS and Ballmasters? Uh, or are you expecting yes. the same thing? Kind of? There will be a massive difference. What is it? I've heard it from the people who are, who work at both, and they said, I'm pretty sure they said that NAS is just full of young cat heads. Sounds about right. I don't know if that's politically correct to say that, but after being there, um, I can confirm that is how it is. <laughs> um, when I was there, NAS was a great festival. It was, well, it was really cool. It wasn't as, nowhere near as busy. Apparently, Boardmasters is huge. It's really, I've really big, well. and it's rammed because mm. it's on the beach, uh, and it draws in a whole different, like, you know, audience. Um, but NAS, when we went there, it was like, it was those, it was a week where it was like 30 degree heat. Uh, ex- ex- insanely hot. Uh, woke up every day in my tent sweating. Um, pretty sure I contracted athlete's foot from that festival. Nice. Because my feet were so sweaty. Not good for those of you who don't like sweaty feet. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> I did write some other notes, actually. Uh, no place to hide from... This is like my... This is a TripAdvisor review. Okay, guys. Mass um, <laughs> Festival. Extreme heat. No place to hide from the sun. Getting into the pit and filming was good fun. And rhyme. Uh, I, another mad thing was... I was inside a tent. Although I was in the athlete area, which is a little bit more VIP and less general public. Mm. I was in a tent with probably like 10K worth of kit. That's good fun. Nice. Um, Especially surrounded by... Loads of people on... Excuse my political correctness. Ketheads, yes. as you said. Uh, I did say that. Um, and filming famous people, I guess. that I think when you're filming, you're filming. You never really take into account who it is. Yeah. Although this, I did make one massive dickhead mistake. And that was that I had the R5. So I was filming on the R5 with the Rode mic goes and a pair of headphones. And I, for some reason, thought... I can't bear to hear like the sound of all this shit going on again. So I thought mm. I'll just swap my headphones and the mics around. So I put the mic into the headphone jack and the headphone jack into the mic jack because I couldn't bear to hear how loud it was. Right. Uh, we went and did an interview with a big DJ, big trance DJ called Ben Nicky. Um, I was only using Apple headphones, the air, you know, the shite 
plug in ones um and the whole interview audio was coming through the head the mic jack did you pick up the mic yeah wow. it came through that so all you could hear was <laughs> <laughs> with, 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 with a little bit of an interview in the background just me deep breathing holding the camera it's like, God, it's a fucking this is a good interview. <laughs> Go on, James, get in there, boy. Um, yeah, so that that was ah, oh, that's a career low for me. So I don't think I've awards. ever done something like that, and I, and I know I never will again. So, any of you using camera tech like that, make sure your mic is plugged into the right hole. The mic goes in the mic jack. Yes, sir. Make sure the mic jack goes in the right hole. Let's go. Yes. Uh, further to my review is. And I bought a bucket hat. There we go. Sick. I'm now a bucket hat man. Although I bought it, wore it for about two minutes, and then took it off because I felt like an absolute dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, now I look like every other ket head round here, yet I'm not on ket. You need to get some of those like um, cyclist glasses, you know, the Pit Viper ones. I see Ooh. that like loads of people I see at festivals are getting them. Mate, I sent an email to Pit Viper to see if they would no um, way. see if they would like send us out some good shit. Oh my god! Because <laughs> I just thought, oh, I was give it a go how did that go so i'm pretty good at writing emails like that they said yeah you sound like the perfect candidate because i don't know the american or the I, don't know. I do an american yeah you sound like the perfect candidate what we need you to do is what we have to do is we have to send a home tape a homemade tape to their po box but it has to be on a vhs videotape what they said the only way they consider you is if you send them a vhs videotape uh, of why you should get some glasses what yeah not even kidding that's what they came back with that's insane. Well, that obviously just filters out people who really don't want a pair. Like, because I saw that and was like, oh, I can't be bothered to do that. To also, don't fair, know how to write a tape. That, that, yeah, that's a sick way to do it because then you're really going to get the people who actually want it. And I bet they're like, do you know what? Yeah, they've sent, they've gone through all the trouble of sending us a VHS tape. Let's just send them a pair of these fucking four pound sunglasses. Yeah, for free. <laughs> yeah, mad. Fair play. Uh, yeah, fair enough. It says, due to a high volume of weak-ass proposals, Pit Viper is now only accepting physical Sponsor Me tapes. All Sponsor Me videos must be exported to VHS and mailed to Sponsor Me, Salt Lake City, Utah. All submissions received in the proper format will be reviewed by our team and responded to. All others will be ignored. Surely you're most you're pretty likely, if you send a VHS tape, you're pretty likely to get sponsored. Yeah. How do you make a VHS tape, though? Do you just... I guess you just film on a camera that's got a VHS tape inside. You can get those, right? Yeah. Can you? I'm sure, so. like, the, some of the big daddy cameras have, like, actual tapes inside. I think you can get, like, a box thing, like a, like a VHS player that burns video uh, to VHS mm. or writes video to VHS. I'm sure you can get them. All right. Maybe we should consider it. Consider it done. We, we can make sick glasses. We can make like the sickest, like super eighties, yeah, like little weird dad commercial. I could do some and extreme it, sports. It'd be really cool. Yeah, even get James Harrell involved. I could do it in my Ray Bands, my Ray Bonds, Rubens. Say this is why I need Pip Vipers because I'm an extreme sport player. You could take them to Boardmasters. Wow, and make a VHS rave cam video. Yeah, and then I put a super eight filter over it. So it's like, whoa, nostalgia, yeah, pit viper Randy. glasses, all yeah. about good vibes, bro. Fast. Nice. Incoming. Uh, so that's that topic done. I'm going to Boardmasters. I'll see you there. If you're there, see you there. Wouldn't or be not, because someone... there's loads of people there. Yeah, true. <laughs> I'm definitely going to try and get in the pit on Idols, though. They're my favourite band, Max, and I'm looking forward to seeing that. You should buy a boonie hat with dangly cork things. Mate, that was one of the topics on my list. Really? Yeah. I want to buy a boonie hat big time. Me too. We've got to get 
Oh, Otto branded boonies. Otto boonie hats is a fucking 100%. shout. Mate, Will at Grain, they've got Columbia boonie hats. They're khaki coloured and they're getting grain on them. Oh, mate, we've got to get some. He said he spent 120 quid on five hats. That's quite a lot. That is quite a lot, but they are cool. Is that with the branding or is that just no, like... No, that's just a hat and it's 45 quid for the branding. I feel like that's the only reason to really start a company so you can make your own merch. Yeah. yeah. All right, boonie hats coming soon. Let's go. Along with Pit Viper glasses. Come We're going to be the ultimate chads. Otter Pit Viper... Oh. Wow. I, we, we, Dan and I were discussing this. Where were we discussing this? On the way to the stag do, I think. We were just saying we need like a nice, like, just flurry of new merch. Hell yes. Yeah, going into autumn and winter, we need some, some oh. jackets, some hoodies, some boonies. Cause, yeah. What's that? Otter fleece? Because of sun. Oh, three, yeah, quarter zip. Oh. Let's go, right. mate. We need to speak to our financial team. See if it can happen. Please, Ben. Please. <laughs> There we go. Talking about wardrobes and stuff. Dressing drippy. Smooth. Any new releases soon? Any new things that people have bought? Ooh. Let's go. I finally bought some new shoes. Come on, on, Joss. Let's go. Should I try and get my leg on camera to show them? If you're listening to this, I'll try and describe them. But I'll try and show them to those. You've got to try and get it on. There it is. There we go. All right. For those of you that could see them, and those that couldn't, I got some new New Balances again. Like my camera that we spoke about the other week, I have uh, commitment issues to making purchases and I've been toying with what shoes to get for a long, long time. Um, and I finally bought some new New Balance. And yeah, I'm very happy with them. Very, very comfy. Love a nice grey pair of shoes. They're very solid. I second that. Thank very you, clean, clean, clean steez. I know if Max fast. agrees, uh, I've, I've done the right thing. There we go. Max is our in-house sneakhead. Green (laughs) green light. Green light. Green light. Green light. Dan's got some new shoes. I have. I've got some new shoes too. I've got the... Into the mic. I've got them off my feet. Wow. There we go. Uh, These are the Tom Sachs general purpose shoe. Uh, Pair of shoes that when they released, I was like, hmm, I fancy a pair of those, but couldn't get hold of them. Actually... They got released, and I was away, and I asked my lovely girlfriend, Hannah, I said, can you please make sure you try and get these shoes? Text her in the evening, she completely forgot. Nice. Nice one. Nice. Uh, don't worry, though. Still love you. It's all good. We're still good. good. <laughs> right, Max? Good, good. Don't question it, yeah? Sorry, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but um, man like Toby Pollock came through with a hip hookup with the... What do you call that in the sneaker world? Where plug. He came through with a plug. He... Niced you with that. Yes. Properly well, he, sorted you out. So he put a story up saying, you know, good pickup or something like that. And I just said, I just praised them big time. And he said, what size are you? And I said, nine. They're a nine. Next thing you know, linked me up, plugged me up. What a guy. He, is it called plugged me up? Yes. Like. He, yeah. pl- he plugged me up. And <laughs> I had the Nikes on my shoes. On my, I had the Nikes on my feet. Make my nice. Cypher complete. complete. <laughs> yeah, within an hour. Of seeing that story, and I'm very, very buzzed by it. And I've been wearing them most days since um, because they are a general purpose shoe, and they are there to be worn. They are sick, to be fair. But they look. Thank I feel you. like they look different to how the release images looked. Yeah, I didn't think they were going to look as clean. Yeah, they're really nice. They are well comfy, to be fair. I don't remember the last pair of Nike shoes I had. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I've got um, uh, I've got some information about them, but it's all pretty pointless. But if we look back at some of the original Tom Sachs uh, Mars Yard 1.0s, they're now sev- selling for £11,000. 11000 Resale. Resale of, the, of like, the originals. Wow. 
is is was that like a a limited release? Is yeah. it is more of this run been on sale? Uh, so with the original ones that are eleven thousand pound, they're never going to make a new. They're no. never going to make those no. again. Right. Uh, with these ones on my feet, the Nikes on my feet uh, that are making my cipher complete, they are supposed to be re-releasing in October. But these are like the general as it marketed the yeah. general purpose. Like they're they're right, made yeah. to be more widely accessible because the last ones that came out like sold out in seconds and are very very difficult to get your hands on yeah Sachs has said he essentially wanted to make to take the humble sneaker back to its original purpose of just being worn for the sake of being worn rather than for getting clout among sneakerheads mm. how do you think that went <laughs> well I mean when you're that famous and you're making a new sneaker yeah. sneakerheads are going to love this shit it's, it, you're instantly going to have clout because it's got Tom Sachs on it yeah like do you, th- do you think he I mean it's Tom's like he's super famous in the world of everything that he does and in his eyes he probably does want to make a shoe that is not famous among yeah. sneakerheads but it's always going to be famous among sneakerheads do you think he's aware of that is he self-aware or is it just like a is this a really good marketing ploy i think i think he's probably aware of that i think on any like on some level he has to be yeah i think the only way to really fulfill that if that is your goal that is the main goal of the shoe is to be just a shoe and I feel like the only way to do that, like he could have made that shoe and released it with JD or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he would have achieved that goal. Because I feel like that's the only way. That's like what New Balance have done with the 550s. Like when they first came out, everyone was talking about them. They were like, oh my God, New Balance 550 are amazing. Like, um, just I remember we we had a look at them, like the AIM Leon Door ones. Oh yeah. Are like four or 500 pounds. So nice. Um but that's what they were when they first came out. Even the normal New Balance ones were like still three, four hundred quid. God. And now you can go into JD and buy a pair. ASOS just did a limited, just did a, a a run with them. I'm pretty sure they're still sat on ASOS. Crazy. You can just buy wow. them normally. But, it, it it does make you think though, uh, and I don't remember if you ever saw about it, but um, Patagonia once released a jacket, or no, Patagonia, Patagonia did a marketing campaign about don't buy this jacket, and they had a massive billboard. Did you ever hear about that? I've, I've heard about it. Yeah. So they had huge billboards all around with like a jacket on and then big bold text above it that says, don't buy this jacket. And it was about, and I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if this is true or not, so fact check me, but um, I'm pretty sure with them doing the advert, they actually sold shit tons of those jackets. They it kind of did. spun on its yeah. head, but they didn't want to. And they were meaning about like, because Patagonia are kind of earth focused, they were like, you know, reuse, recycle, mm. um, stuff like that. But actually they, it kind of, did a 180 on them and they actually sold a shit ton of this product but yeah but then i would like that that in it that obviously that's a marketing campaign because they're not going to bring out a jacket if they didn't want it to sell right i I don't know how i feel about that because like if you're gonna put all this marketing budget into something and even if you say don't buy this jacket putting that much into the marketing people are going to buy it i i assume their intentions were like obviously like you said down they're very like earth focused company very sustainable if you like um but how i don't yeah i don't know how you can say that and then not expect that to happen so they so the here they said that the advert wasn't successful in its intended purposes uh as sales rose 30 percent following the campaign it did raise awareness of an increasingly pressing problem um and that was the proliferation of fast fashion brands such as zara and h&m uh has bloody hell these are big words exacerbate exas exacerbated the negative impact of consumerism on the environment so i think what they were saying is like don't buy this jacket like 
you don't need to go to H&M and Zara and buy all these extra stuff. But, mm. but by doing that, they did up Increase their, sales their sales by 30%. But surely if you don't, like, if you're... That, surely that is the point of advertising, is to sell. Yeah, Even exactly. Regardless of what you put on it, it's still an advert. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's still promoting, it's still showing. That what they should have done is say, don't buy this jacket. For the sake a, of buying on a jacket. Like, <laughs> on, like, a black screen with just with nothing underneath it or like maybe with the um patagonia logo underneath yeah. it and so it's got it's got nothing to do like you can't see the jacket it's not actually selling the jacket it's just a screen that says don't buy this jacket to add to it they also did that on they did this the way they did it was on black friday and they put the ad in the new york times oh, oh i remember that now, yeah <laughs> that's what? so stupid uh, just don't just don't do anything for black friday it's just weird though isn't it that a company like that would i don't know make is this when they're they're just too smart for their own good it's definitely no. It's definitely like if the, if that was just a marketing thing, hundred percent, it works. Like makes complete sense. But don't then try and play that off as oh no, because we we didn't want we, it. we yeah. didn't want you to buy it. Blah 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 yeah. blah. That's like giving someone. That's like me telling you that Joss has said shit behind your back, but don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So obviously you're going to now worry about it, and obviously you're don't worry. Now, yeah, yeah. Don't it's worry like, about oh, it. It's fine. fine. They said um, we're placing the ad in the Times because it's the most important national newspaper and considered the paper of record. We're running the ad on Black Friday, which launches the retail holiday season. We should be the only retailer in the country asking people to buy less on Black Friday. But we're in business to make and sell products. Everyone's paycheck relies on that. Moreover, we're a growing business, opening new stores and mailing more catalogs. What do we tell customers who accuse us of hypocrisy? So the, yeah, you tell them that you're not actually sustainable. <laughs> weird. I, weird. I don't know how I feel about Patagonia. I could, <laughs> do you remember we looked at their jackets a while ago, Dan? And like me and you being vegan, I guess we were a bit more careful with. Well, I, know, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I know I was. I didn't want to buy a jacket that had duck down feathers in it. Oh uh, yeah, because I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's not sustainable, mm-hmm. really. Um, and most Patagonia jackets are made with duck down feathers, and it's like, well. How are you saying you're sustainable? I guess it's recycled and you're making use of the materials, but there's still a, a larger problem there. And like 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 they even said in their in their statement, they're a company that needs to make money. It's mm-hmm. like, well, in that case, I guess yeah, everyone's a hypocrite. But you know what I mean? It's it's an ending cycle. You can't really win. You can't be a business that needs to make money and also say that you're sustainable when you're doing all that damage. I think it's got to a point now where like being or producing vegan clothing or like sustainable clothing is now a marketing campaign in itself is now a selling point like you i'm not i'm not being funny you could tell me that this is vegan or this is made with 100 percent fucking plastic or not plastic 100 percent fake duck down feathers Mm. i'm not going to open it up and look Mm. or run scientific tests to make sure you're not telling like just talking shit I'm going to be like, oh, cool. I'll buy that. Trust it. I guess you trust brands too. The whole thing about um, what you were saying there is called greenwashing. You heard of that? No. And so greenwashing is when an organization spends more time and money on marketing itself as environmentally friendly than on actually minimizing its environmental impact, which shit tons of companies will do. So many We're great. So like BP probably. Yeah. Oh, "Oh, yeah, we're going to fucking save the world by helping you charge your electric car because we're great, but... Fuck me, all the other shit that they've done over the years yeah. and how bad they are as a company is actually really bad. Uh, they said a classic example of greenwashing is when Volkswagen admitted to cheating emissions tests by fitting various vehicles mm. with a defect device. 
uh, with software that could detect when it was undergoing uh, an emissions test and altering the performance to reduce the emissions level. Unbelievable. So they created a, a device that did that. That was a huge scandal, like maybe five years ago. I think people coined it like Dieselgate. They, yeah. they paid a lot for that. They paid they? a heck of a lot in fines. Um, going back to the BP thing, I remember seeing some report and it was BP had spent an absolute fortune, like in the billions on like their greenwashing campaigns. And because and BP are also the company that invented carbon footprint. Oh, really? uh, I could go down in such a rabbit hole with this, but like do it, mate. They invented um, go off. Basically, BP. Um, I hope it's BP, not Shell. It's one of the two. They basically coined the term carbon footprint, and that's essentially taking the blame off of themselves and putting it onto the consumer and saying, "This isn't our. This isn't our fault because this is your carbon footprint. This is your responsibility to make these changes." And then with that, you know, that wipes their hands drive all of that damage and then mm-hmm. you know they're with all the greenwashing campaigns that then they're to be fair they're a big they're a big company in the ev space but it doesn't you know take away from the fact that they've just had a, a record quarter and made seven billion in profit mm-hmm. when the country is suffering yeah well so josh as a vegan then um <laughs> i know i know that you prior to having the ev you've always been quite conscious of traveling and actually you you you've said it to me before that you kind of always felt a little bit guilty actually going away or driving abroad or not driving abroad. So you felt guilty or bad about driving to like down to the coast because of the emissions that it produces and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. You've now got an EV. Were there any other kind of factors that made you rethink that whole strategy and, and the way you feel? When you when you say what rethink, what do you mean? Because didn't you do some? You did a job with uh, a relatively big YouTuber. Yeah, you spoke to him about it. I don't know if um, you want to go deep in that or not. Can do, yeah. Um, well, I don't. I don't know actually how I ever not got into it, but you know what I mean. Became like aware of it, but for yeah, for a long time. Well, Charlotte and I made the decision that we didn't really ever want to fly again, or unless we had a reason to. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then what came in turn with that is we then didn't. We really want to cut back our driving because like. One with fuel prices going up, it was expensive, and then just guilt. Like we would hate it even driving down to Bristol, which you know is only forty minutes, but it's just just always felt riddled with guilt because we watch a lot of documentaries and videos about all this stuff, and like with the carbon footprint thing, it's like you can't, I couldn't help but feel guilty with everything we were doing, and that was the same with like with the vegan coats and clothing. It's like, I can't help but feel guilty about all these things. And maybe that's a big problem that I feel guilty about those things. Um, but yeah, I've gone down a bit of a weird rabbit hole there. Do you want to realize? Um, <laughs> I, I would just say, um, without turning this into some sort of weird vegan propaganda podcast, yes, let's go. <laughs> what would be some ways that people can feel less guilty? Okay. In living on this world. Um, yeah. So, Going back to that project that you mentioned that I did with that person, um, he is a, a big YouTuber and person in, I guess, the climate change space and runs a company that supports like awareness and makes all these documentaries and things about it. And he often gets ridiculed online when he's seen traveling or doing these things. And his, I guess, the way that he has to deal with that himself is the fact that he's 
promoting a message that has some positivity behind it and he's showing the effects that these things have that you know that the, the, all the things that the world is doing wrong is showing he's showing the effects that that's having so he's hopefully raising more awareness mm-hmm. just by being the one person that goes there and shows that thing yeah. by you know educating I mean? yeah. He, yeah he's going out there and educating he's not just going off on the jolly for the sake of it so yeah nice i don't know it's a it's a weird rabbit hole that i could probably talk shit about for hours well it'd be good it'd be good to maybe we'll revisit this in the future mm. but with with like a different frame of mind or with someone else in the room who can spin off or give more information on it mm. i'm sure there's people out there who can like you know riff a bit better with it and actually kind of yeah definitely it. it'd be cool to get a guest on who would who you could say is an expert in that field 100%. We can like yeah. ask them these questions. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to learn more about that stuff as someone that hasn't... Up, I've, I wouldn't even say I am now, but really, like joining Otter, it wasn't really until then that I realised the amount of stuff that I do that isn't good for the environment kind of thing. Yeah. Or really like, like when you were talking about, oh, you didn't want to drive to, to Bristol because of... Uh, car emissions and stuff like that like that that has never cropped into my head at all until you got an electric car yeah and we and we started talking about it and stuff like that yeah and 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 that was a to kind of i guess close this off that was another point that he made when i spoke speaking to him about it and it was like there is no such thing as a perfect climate activist you know everyone is a hypocrite and everyone is guilty you know being alive and eating these things and buying these products there's certain things that we need to buy and use mm-hmm. to live really and that's more of a uh societal thing and that's the situation that we're in because that's just where society is now and that's something that needs to come from the top down from government mm-hmm. um and that's a that's a bigger problem but you can't beat yourself up about those things because that's kind of the only options um and i guess that's kind of what i how i try and always bring myself back from that guilt because i watch these documentaries in these videos and i think fuck what am I doing? Like, why aren't I making shit or doing stuff in this space? Because really, that's what matters. Yeah. But then it's like, well, let's get back to keeping it all relative and thinking can't be perfect in that way. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. Well, there we go, Max. That, wow. that was a what deep a detail, wasn't it? Was... Sorry, team. I've, I've taken you from the Patagonia jacket all the way down into this hole. Still... Don't feel bad. Everyone's all right. I was saying it's kind of mad. Kind of mad. And... Yeah. Don't feel but bad. also, don't feel bad. Nice. Nice. Thanks. Um, just to let you all know, I've hit the limit on notes on my phone. I, can't, <laughs> I can now not create any more notes on my phone. That's outrageous. I didn't know there was a it limit. It wouldn't allow me. How many notes? Have you Have you got like loads of notes of like bread, cheese? or well, not bread and cheese because you're vegan, but uh, loads of shopping lists. Just bread. Just so many notes of <laughs> shite, Just like a hundred notes of bread. <laughs> just so many bread. Uh, yeah. Just crazy. Uh Really, really crazy, Josh. There we go. Um, there we go. Well, speaking of being uh, climate sensitive and uh, living a very green lifestyle, let's now talk about the complete polar opposite, which is Formula One and a sport that is very, very, very fuel efficient, not efficient, inefficient. <laughs> fuel hungry. Uh, we've all, as I'm sure a lot of people in the UK and all across the world, apparently, have been interested in. Uh, got into Drive to Survive mm. on Netflix. Mm. Uh, I myself have been a motorsport enthusiast for a long time, and it's been interesting seeing the deep ins and outs 
of Formula One because you don't really see, well, you don't see at all any of it until you watch something like that and you get a real behind the scenes. What do you make of it as someone that's fresh into F- F1? Um, I will go first here, Joss. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I was just looking at you like, Sorry, is he going to talk? We look at it. Um, I fucking love it. Yeah. Um, I think I watched... I watched the Drive to Survive series in lockdown, one of the original lockdowns, probably backdated it after that. I was like, oh my God, this is so good. I need to now watch all of the previous years to get up to grips with it all. Um, it's the most gripping, encapsulating, tantalizing, scintillating TV series I've ever watched. Um, it's so good. And it, even if you don't like car racing or Formula One or sports, you have to give it a go mm. because it's not just sports, it's drama. Yeah. It's speed, it's power, it's everything. Um, it's so good. It shows the life behind racing, doesn't it? Yeah, it shows the personalities and like the different people who are driving. Like, I never knew that such young people were driving these F1 cars and how fit they need to be and then that one of their dads owns the team mm. uh, and then the whole kind of history, you know, the whole drama that goes with that and all these things. So yeah, it's such an amazing thing. Josh, you've picked it up relatively recently, right? Mm, yeah, so you you boys have been telling me to watch for quite a while and... Chat and I had finished some other shows, so we finally got around to watching it. And we, as you boys recommended, we watched season four first, so we were up to date with where the current season's at. And now we're back; we're going back to season one because it it follows the season, obviously, alongside the actual F one season, um, which is interesting. But it's so good; I don't think I've ever watched like a better put together documentary series. Mm. Like it's the way it like it tells such an intense story every single episode. It's it's amazing. It's so it's so fresh and new and yeah, I love it. As Max, as someone who has been into motorsports for quite a while, or you were into it before Drive to Survive? Not as much, but I used to watch the odd race. Um, but I feel like I didn't connect with it on a deeper level than that because I'm not a racing driver, and it was hard to relate to it. But I just enjoyed watching. It. I've been a car guy forever. My whole family mm. are car people. So, do you think the rise of Drive to Survive has been a good thing for the sport? Hundred percent. 100% is only a good thing because it's only going to bring more spectators, more money for the sport, not that it needs more money, but the only thing it can do is make it better, I think. Because now now we're seeing new tracks open up. Like America have just opened up like, I think three new tracks or two new tracks. Yeah. Wow. So if anything, the calendar is going to get bigger. The events are going to get bigger. It's going to be easier to go to these events because it was, I'm pretty sure it was historically quite, it's not a cheap thing to go and watch. Mm-hmm. Um and if anything, it's just going to mean more investment from companies to make it more of like a day out, more of like uh, an ascot or something like that. When Silverstone comes around, it's an event. It's a whole weekend. It's not just, oh, let's go to watch this football match, which is just one day. And it's just a couple of hours of one day. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a really good thing. I think a lot of people were saying about, uh, I think a lot of the purists weren't too into it, though. Is that right? Is that because they feel like it kind of dramatizes something that doesn't need that? Or I think there's probably an element of like gatekeeping kind of thing. Like like in any, you know, you get a lot in photography, like film people. Sorry, Josh, you're, you're not one of them. But I know a lot of oh, film people that are like, you know, I'm a film purist. I shoot film. That means you're not allowed to. And if you try, you're doing it wrong. So you should just stick to digital. Yeah. Which is, so I'd imagine there's a lot of like pure racing people that are like, oh, you haven't been here since... 2006 
Yeah. You weren't here when no yeah, one was watching it. I was watching it way before everyone else, so I'm the only one that's allowed to watch it, which is just a ridiculous way of looking at anything, I think. Because yeah. surely the support of more people can only be a good thing. The only way that I could see it being a bad thing is this element of like pay to win. So now, as you said, like um, Lance Stroll, uh, who is a racing driver currently for Aston Martin... Yeah, that's the mine. Yeah, yeah. Um, his he got into he got into Formula One famously because his dad owned not Aston Martin but owned the company that he was racing for. Mm-hmm. So the only way I could see it being a bad thing is if you get these you know rich CEOs or rich companies just suddenly start buying F one teams and putting their own drivers in just as a cash grab. But I'd argue that that was probably already going to happen. And they've the the their sons have still got to be you know you know good at the sport to yeah. actually make it yeah because it, otherwise it's going to be it's going to be really embarrassing for them yeah like you could but i could go and but if i had the money obviously i could go and buy a team tomorrow mm. and and put myself in as the driver because i own the team so it doesn't matter like i, I just put myself in there but there's no way that i'm going to keep up with lewis hamilton or any yeah. other driver on it literally any other driver on the grid even even the worst quote unquote worst of the bunch there's no way a regular person that hasn't been driving for as long as they have is going to keep up yeah no way that's true um and there's been a recent retirement too joss there has mr sebastian vettel is retiring and did you say the other day max that he was on question time yeah i don't know how recently but he was on question time talking about the climate crisis yeah and he's very well known for being a big advocate for um the environment and everything which is ironic because he's a formula one driver which he's been grilled about a lot and i think that's one thing whenever he posts about something like that or whenever he he talks about it he gets a lot of backlash for that i'm talking about him like i know him personally but <laughs> <laughs> um but no, i think it's interesting to see what he's going to do next i think Definitely. he's he's going to use his platform for big things i think nice Definitely. i think just to touch back onto that topic i think that is like perfect thing to keep in mind it's that like everyone's a hypocrite but also everyone can change like Vettel yes he's been an F1 driver but why can't he use his platform to then do some good why why can, why does he have to be ridiculed for doing such thing 100% why, why, why not celebrate the fact that he's raising awareness sure okay he's a hypocrite but he's actually trying to do some good well he's also got the money yeah he's got the money mm. and he's got the following and the audience to actually start and start to make an impact. Exactly. Who knows? He might he might head up the environmental side off F one. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they'll be more in tune to actually wanting to make a difference because one of their biggest drivers is caring about that now. Exactly. Or maybe he'll go into Formula E and grow yeah. Formula E to yeah. be as big, yeah. if not bigger, than Formula One. Do you think Formula E is ever going to be as big as F one? Do you reckon there'll be a day when F one actually has to stop because of the environmental impact? Um, I don't. I think there's too much money in it. I, I think yeah. For, for it to happen anytime soon, I think there's yeah, there's probably way too much money in it. I'm, I would I'm, I wouldn't write it off in maybe twenty thirty years. I would love to see the future of sport in you know twenty thirty years. Even horse racing, what the horse like, is going to be like? <laughs> <laughs> what whose horse is that? <laughs> that? Like horse racing, dog racing. I think all of those sports are going to slowly diminish, and they're just not going to be allowed to to happen anymore. 
Yeah. Like I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I agree. It might happen. I'm yeah. not saying. I'm not saying I'm for that or against it. I'm just thinking like. I think the only thing that that could potentially keep those things around is tradition. I feel like those would be really hard for some people to let go. Yeah, but mm. I think. I don't know. When you look back at other traditions, like fox hunting. Yeah. You know all these other big like old traditional sports that people did for years and years fox hunting now you're not legally allowed to do it you have to chase a scent and stuff so people still do it just modified it in a different way yeah mm-hmm. but like you know they are they can phase the shit out i don't know it depends there's yeah. a lot of things that can can happen for that but i'd like to see formula e racing on the same tracks as formula one yeah i don't i don't like, i love the idea of formula e but it does like for example, for example, the London XL track. It looks amazing, and the idea of it is really cool. But I feel like it's it. In my head, it makes it less of an event because it's not at Silverstone. Yeah, it makes it mm. in my head. I don't take it as seriously because it's not at Silverstone. Yeah, and it's also like the XL is just an exhibition <laughs> exhibition it, center yeah. where they have shit loads of things, and it's just like oh, it's just another event at the XL. Yeah. Whereas when it comes to Silverstone, it's like. It's the British Grand Prix. That's this it. is where it's at. Yeah. That's it. It's got a home. Yeah. Surely it will, um, and hopefully it will get to that point. I guess with with like I guess the improvement of the cars and the the technology. Because I think the biggest thing is like the the tracks are a lot shorter. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, and I guess that's because of the battery capacity. But I mm. guess that's only going to improve improve with time. So hopefully we get some uh, bigger, longer tracks. Do they make noises when they go around? Yeah. Any. They do. The yeah. e, Formula E cars make noise. It's mainly the motor noise, I think. Oh, is it? They're yeah. really loud. Yeah. Not as loud as F1 cars, obviously, because they're yeah. insane. But okay. Yeah. No. Meow. No, exactly. They make a really, like... Like a lightsaber. No, it's like a high pitch, isn't it, Just It's like a high pitch. It's Yeah, super high pitch. Yeah. yeah. Like scale electrics. Exactly. Maybe... Have you ever thought about, actually, Formula E is just someone upstairs playing scale electrics? It's some... Um, yeah. When you say someone upstairs, you mean in the simulation? In the simulation, Elon. Nice. Elon. Elon. <laughs> Elon Musk. Elon is Elon's brother. Elon. Brother. 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 There we go. Formula One. Good. Wrapped on that topic. The Chance. next topic I have is Instagram updates. <laughs> update and then unupdate. What's the opposite to update? Undate. 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 Downdate. Downdate. Dupdate. <laughs> Dupdate. Dupdate. <laughs> What do we think about the new Instagram update? I, for one, think it's just... I, for one, have no input because I never actually got the update. Have and you it... seen all the videos that... I did see some. Been Josh showed out. me his phone. He was fuming. <laughs> I, I did not like it. They've, they've removed it now, haven't they? They've, like, gone Revo- back Revoked it. Yeah, they've revoked the update. Well, he did put out... He did say that it's just a test for yeah. now. But I think... It, it, what or When I say update, the whole direction that Instagram is going in. Can you... Terrible. From your point of view, can you just give the people who don't know what happened in the update and also the way in which Instagram's moving forward, give us a bit of a quick a quick background. So basically, Instagram is moving more to a video-focused platform. Mm-hmm. Well, they say that they're, that they're not, but they are because of how popular TikTok has become. So they're changing the UI around so that the whole the, the videos and the content takes up the whole screen or at least more of the screen. Um and they're just prioritizing video mostly now. Uh, they've taken away IGTV, which is some would say fair enough because who really yeah. watch IGTV. Um, but they're basically making it so that reels are more dominant 
if you want to grow you kind of have to use reels um and yeah they're just outside looking in you could argue that they're just kind of neglecting photographers mm-hmm. mm. which is what the platform started with yeah but then in everything that he puts out they always say no we're keeping like we care photography about is still going to be supported yeah. and we want it we're we're normally like we've always been a photo sharing app that's what we started as um but he but in in a few of his videos he says like oh we have to stay in touch with how the world is changing and and, and the direction that we're going in as a, as a society how, like everyone is moving they have to look at the data and they have to respond yeah. to the data that shows that people are in, get more engaged with video which i do get but at the same time it's like surely what was that, what was that? What was that? you know someone smashing up a car parking space <laughs> surely though all right instagram great they're going to move more to video but that, does that just mean there's a gap in market gap in market for a um, a photo sharing app? Because people Definitely. still want to share photos. Like all of us will want to share photos. Mm. Like I, I I personally, I only upload photos to my personal Instagram. Me too. I, yeah. I view a lot of video content, but yeah. I only upload photos. And there's probably millions of people like us. I what, think. What does that mean for future creators? I mean, I think it's 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 sad, obviously. Because like like we all said, it's, that's how we all share it on Instagram. And it's like, you can go into a whole social media argument anyway, but like, for photographers, it's terrible. Mm. It's, and I've, I've already seen a couple of apps come out. There's, <laughs> there is an app now for uh, film photographers, film photographers called Granary. And it's like a platform just for that. You like put in all your equipment and stuff. And so oh, right. I think there's already apps popping up here and there. I mean, it would take a while for some to land. Mm. But like, I think people are tired of like Instagram as a platform anyway because yeah. even before the whole like real um the real way of getting content it was already becoming like a shopping app like Facebook yeah like ev- i was getting an advert every like two or three stories for a product and someone was selling a product why because they make a commission off selling it on there and it's like come on i just want to like the reason i'm on social media is so i can see what people are doing and that's why I think, and the app like Be Real has done so well, and so many people are on it already. Like, it's just just like raw, unfiltered, no adverts, mm-hmm. social media mm-hmm. for like a good, a quote unquote good reason. It's yeah. You look at it as Instagram want to start doing more reels. Great, like you said, it was all about the shopping. But then also the one of the biggest things that they've kind of fucked up with was the whole algorithm thing, like. Mm. Your feed is not the same as it used to be because all they're doing is plugging you with more. Oh, you look at you look at a boonie hat. Next thing yeah. you know, that's all I'm getting is boonie hat photos. Yeah, literally. I fucking love boonie hats, but come on, it's too much. I think that's where TikTok nailed it because as a creator, like you can, it's so much easier to grow on TikTok. Yeah, it's some, it's much more organic. Um, but another thing, and I, and I've only just thought about this again. I remember hearing or someone I spoke to the other day or a little while ago was that. You know, they kind of release these social media platforms and they do have a bit of a lifespan. So yeah. you, look, you look at Facebook, right? Facebook came out and that was for probably a bit older than my generation, maybe our parents' generation. They get into it. They love it. It's out for 10 years then, or maybe five years. Then a new app pops up, Instagram. The young kids go on Instagram. They're on that. Their lifespan finishes. The next, next batch of new kids are on TikTok. They're loving mm. TikTok. We're kind of lucky because we kind of fit all of those genres. Probably not Facebook anymore. I mean, Facebook yeah. for me is kind of passed off. Yeah. But Instagram and TikTok are where we're at. What's next after that? And every everything, every social media platform has a lifespan, and it's, mm. they're all just slowly dying off. Instagram's on its last legs. 
you know, eventually, probably soon. Yeah. It's all going to be TikTok and maybe Be Real mm. or just pop up again. I think Be Real is going to do very, very well. If they're not, well, I'm pretty sure they're already doing very, very well. Yeah. I, apps like that confuse me because like, I don't know, obviously, Instagram and Facebook and Meta as a company, they have to make money. I don't know how Be Real make money because there's no adverts or anything on there. That's what I was just going to say. Mm. Like Instagram, when it first came out, everyone loved it. Yeah, and then well, because it was there was no ads. That's it. And then they kind of quote unquote sold out and went to Facebook. Everything's you know, and now Instagram is what it is. How long is it before Be Real quote unquote sell out? And it all goes goes yeah. up in flames. But I think Twitter for any photographers watching, Twitter is low key one of the best places for photography i think i agree it's amazing what you can make of it like it, i found that my twitter was just inundated with just shit just constant just people moaning and and videos of just like irrelevant meme stuff and i realized it's not because twitter's bad it's because i was following idiots so you just tailored I your following a just little bit better completely purged my following All right. and was like right no this is this sucks there's yes. nowhere, nowhere near as many ads either. There's no, nowhere near as many. There's still ads on there. So so for those photographers, who, who should or who could they be following? Just name a few that are good on there. Because I have Twitter, but I don't ever use it. I think if you go to, um, for example, the camera that you shoot on. Say I shoot on the R5. If you hashtag Canon R5, oh, and it will right. come up with loads of people sharing photos from the r5 and out of that you literally just scroll through find the photos and then obviously you'll come across the photographer yeah they've shared it uh that's a good way that i found people um it's it's very community driven so for example when i got the fuji i typed in hashtag x100v and and typed in fuji and it shows you everything related to what you've searched and through that i found so many fuji photographers that are just like unbelievable and then they share each other's work. And then when I follow them, the algorithm kicks in. It's like, oh, you followed this person. What about this they person? They just want you to look at more of them. And it just yeah, shows, cool. like, it just, it just, it doesn't, like, it's not like Instagram where they'll serve you that content even though you're not following them. Yeah. It gives you a little nudge and says, oh, what, do you want to check out these guys as well? And you can literally just hit the X and the whole thing will just disappear. Sick. Mm. So you don't really get force-fed the content. It's more of, like, a little nudge. Um but I've yeah, it's just so, such a productive place now. I found sweet. Yeah, Joss, what was the question? Any anyone in particular that you follow? Are you uh, a bit like Max, where you follow a hashtag or you follow like a topic like that, and you just um, to be honest, I can't even really name any of them. But like I've seen, I, I know I've, I follow a couple. There's a guy who makes YouTube videos called Valandis, which I know Max yeah. has watched quite a bit. Um, a and I like Matt Day a lot and. There's a bunch of different people, but I, as soon as I just see some photos that I see that someone's taken, I just follow them. Yeah. Because then I just get all their photos in my feed. And it's uh, after Max, because I know Max, you've spoken about this before in the office, like I just absolutely canned like my feed because I was getting just so much like political stuff that I don't want to see mm-hmm. on social media. Like I can go to the news if I want to stay up to date with stuff like that, but like just give me like the photography and inspiration and stuff like that that I want. So, Would you say it yeah. also inspires you to take more photos? Yeah, like definitely. Definitely, yeah. 100%. That's cool. And that's something that's that I just don't get from Instagram anymore. I don't. I barely ever see anyone's photography. And it's yeah, true. When I follow so many, I follow so many DOPs, photographers, all these different people, and I never see any of their work. It's led me to not want to post on Instagram. Yeah. I've, mm. got, I've got photos from 
like backlogged from a year ago now that I still haven't shared on Instagram just because I'm like, I'm going to post it. No one's going to see it. Not that I'm only posting for people to see, but like it kind of sucks when you post it, when you especially as a creative where your job is to make stuff and then you post something that you've worked really hard on and two out of 700 people that you have following you see it. Yeah, literally. Flatline. Yeah, literally. God so I'd much rather post it to t- Twitter where arguably it's not that more people are going to see it, but it's just cleaner and it's a nicer experience and the people that do see it are more likely to engage with it. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because you want people to be like, oh yeah, great photo or whatever, but it's just, it's nice to know, okay, yeah, that, that's been received. It's almost like a like a receipt notice. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, someone favorited it. Oh, great, cool. It's out there. It's in the world. It's physical now. It exists. Mm. And other people know about it. Well, that's why I'm going to check out Twitter now. Good stuff, Dan. I, I would think, recommend. I think Instagram now, for me, the way I look at it and something that I wanted to do for a while is I'm just going to use it like a portfolio. Yeah. Just for like our video work. Uh-huh. And like, I, and I know a lot of people share stills of like products that they've worked on, but like, I might just use it for that because obviously there's still a certain. <laughs> The irony is, like you said, our generation right now is on Instagram and TikTok. There's definitely older people in our generation that are still on Instagram. They'll look at that to get you for work. Mm. I'm sure TikTok will replace that within the next few years. There's still people there that we can, you know, show our work to Mm. for for a while and hopefully that goes somewhere. But I think we probably won't be using Instagram in a few years if it carries on the way it does. Yeah. It's a shame because that's where I got all my clients from. Yeah. Well, yeah, pretty much all of my work was booked in through Instagram. Weird, mad, very mad. What do you think, Dan? Uh, yeah, I just think social media is just gross, isn't it? <laughs> it's annoying because I see all of these issues, but I still go back to it. Mm. Yeah, because <laughs> they've Cause got me by. Robots. They've got me right there. I'm right there in their palm. Instagram. This is their palm. That's me <laughs> inside. <laughs> inside. <laughs> I'm inside their palm, and I'm loving it, and I can't help it. I'm like a. I am like Augustus Gloop eating that chocolate cake on Matilda. Nice. Nom 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 nom. That actually leads me to to the last thing, which Here is we go. is social media grinding to a halt. Do you think people are getting, or not necessarily social media, but traditional social media, i.e., Instagram and Facebook and all that? Is it grinding to a halt now? Are people new creators? Are they staying on Instagram or are they moving elsewhere? <laughs> It's so hard because we find it as well, and I'm sure many other people do, that Instagram is, yeah, okay, I think Instagram's kind of a platform that you you upload a certain type of of content. It's not a place where, like, TikTok content really goes, mm. and, and TikTok isn't a place where Instagram content goes. So for us to kind of tailor our videos and our marketing to TikTok is really difficult. Mm. It's actually quite a tricky thing to kind of navigate, and I don't know if that's because of the age that I am, and I don't... I'm like, I'm trying to work out what we kind of do to become funny or to become popular on the platform. But then but then you look at like the forum, like mm. Andy, we, we had a chat with Andy like ages ago before they were on TikTok and they were like, oh, you know, we don't know if we use it. And now they're using it religiously over and over and over again. And they're getting sales after sales through their page because they've just kind of cracked it. They worked out what worked for them and it works so good that they're now making a lot of sales through that platform. Um, yeah. It's a weird one. You just but- have to like grind it out. Find your way and and just hammer it. Mm. I know we said this the other day, Dan, but like I think you sent me the the guy who runs Instagram's video about it. 
Um, and the, the, sh- the thing is, you've kind of you've got to change your way of working and doing things. It feels like every three months, mm. every three to six months, you've got to be like, right, we shouldn't really post many stills now because they're not going to go anywhere. In yeah. terms of Otter and a brand, everything that we should do really should be Reels or mm. TikTok because that's what's getting the views and getting the, the interactions. Ironically as well, we are also a video-based company, yet yeah. we don't yeah. post videos. Well, yeah. Because we've go. been using Instagram or whatever. I think as I well. Think it's, just, it's, it, it's just tricky. Yeah. It's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. It take, they take a long, longer time to make, I think, Reels and TikToks mm. as well. Stills, 100%. it can be like, oh, here's some stills from recent projects. Yeah. Back that up. Grab Boom. that. 20 yeah. likes. Boom. I don't know. It's one of them, isn't it? Annoying. Annoying. Well, hopefully it's not been too much of a depressive ending. We've <laughs> spoken about bloody greenwashing and how our Instagram feeds are shy and the downfall of social media. But uh, hopefully the people who are listening to this can uh, somewhat agree or disagree. Yeah, um, actually, let us know your thoughts. Yeah. If you think differently, tell us why. Please tell us why. I think we would all like to hear mm, some, some fresh takes on it if you agree talking about feedback actually and social media we uploaded a small tiktok of me saying that i couldn't believe baby oil was made out of babies we uploaded that to tiktok it got 600 views and it's got something like 10 comments every single one of them saying why do these guys have a podcast (laughs) so if you think the same fuck off (laughs) (laughs) joking just um be cool uh, be real, actually. If you want to ca- catch me on Be Real, uh, name's Otter Dan. <laughs> Add me. Are you here for Be Real now? <laughs> oh. Oh, um, should we sign it off with everyone taking a Be Real? Because it's time to be real. Is it's it? It's time to be real. It's time to be real. Also, that TikTok did really well on Instagram because we made it a real as well. All right. Time to be real, everybody. That's we hope you've real. enjoyed this podcast. Let's be real. Add us all up on Be Real. Sort my hair out. Add real. us on Be Real. It's the new platform. If you're not on it, get on it. Um, Instagram, if we're on it, Art of Works, Art of Dan, MH Barham, Jason. Jason. Facebook, you won't find me on there because it's dead. Dead. TikTok, we're on there. Otter Works. If you see us on TikTok, make sure you send us horrible comments because that's what we love. Yeah. Um, have a great evening or day wherever you are in the world. If you're in, if you're in a different part of the world to where we are right now, send us a message. Yeah. See you there. Cheers, then. Bye. Cheers, then. Hmm. <laughs>